Hello and welcome to the Football Filmcast, back once again for the hat-trick episode. On this edition we're going to be watching Mean Machine, which sounds something like this. At London Crown Court this morning, ex-England football captain Danny Meehan was jailed for three years. Not dangerous, are you, Mr Footballer? Only if you've got the bullness. Governor wants you to coach my football team. Just want to do my time and get on with my life. If you don't play ball, you could be with us for some time. Listen, tell the governor the best way to train the guards is to play a really tough match against a team of cons. Could be win-win for everybody. What we need is 11 men to play as a team. Right? Right! Yes! It's lovely, don't it, Willie? What's that? <laughs> I'm your manager. Since when? Massive is your man. We still need a goalkeeper. A legendary monk. That dude is beyond mental. I heard he ate Hannibal the cannibal. Hello, Mr. Monk. Can you play football? We're playing the guards. I'm with you. Let's win and let's win well. It's getting hot out there, Bob. Oh, yeah, Bob. Very Rio de Janeiro. Lose and they'll never let you forget it. Oh! oh. Is that all right, though, Dan, yeah? Cream. All right, lads. You want to be nothing. Numbers, prisoners, that's fine. Run your guts out and you'll have something in here that can never touch. We'll give you a match. You'll give us a game. <laughs> Doubt whether you can match us. Come on! Just look at our boys decked out all in black. Very hopeful, you. No, it's definitely black, Bob. Boy, Mr. Sykes, you look the part. All you need now is a... I think it's in everyone's interest if you lose this game. I can't do that. You're unbelievable. Still nil-nil, but if this was boxing, the Mean Machine would be head on points. So you get out there and hurt some people. And with me to discuss Mean Machine, I have got a couple of real Mean Machines. <laughs> As is customary, uh, when we introduce ourselves, we do it via the medium of film. So, when I say your name, can you tell me a film that you've seen that you quite enjoyed that was either a remake, a reimagining, or a reboot of a film? Obviously, it's Andy Gillard here. And my reboot, actually, it's going to be the Charles Play film from last year. With me, I've got Gully. Hi, guys. The Mean Machine thing is not going to go down well Sunday morning. <laughs> if anybody is listening that I'm playing against. <laughs> we'll see. They will absolutely be listening to this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and the opposition. <laughs> You're a Mean Machine, do you? I've got, to, I've got to live up to a reputation now. You have now, yeah. Uh, and what's your film? You reimagining uh, or uh, reboot? Reimagining. I'd probably say, uh, quite pertinently, The Longest Yard. Uh, the re the, the, 2005. Ver- the 2005 version of the longest yard yeah really enjoyed that yeah that that might get mentioned very pertinent <laughs> very yeah pertinent. yeah and also we've got Stu with us as usual um i've got two so i thought the sensible one would be oceans 11 okay yeah was that yeah because it was frank sinatra yeah. originally ah, the, rat the, the rat pack no idea that is not a good film either no, no. it's not it's you watch it you think oh yeah it's the, well, the coolest people ever and it's not very good at all. Mm. As in the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed... The, yeah, yeah. Okay. it was like a... It was all, there were scenes that were exactly the same were as well, mm. in part. It wasn't like a scene for scene, but there were certain elements where it was just the copy. But yeah, it, it yeah, was yeah. better. But the one that, I th- as soon as I saw the question, the fly? Yeah. 
Which I, it, I don't even consider that as a remake because yeah. the original is almost ignorable. Well, there's two, and then there's two. It's oh, a, is there? Yeah, there's a, one from years and years and years. They're black and white. That's it. Might even be a silent film. I don't know. But the the fifties one, the one where he actually has a fly's head on a human body. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have the the Jeff Goldblum one, which is excellent. You're looking confused a bit. Back uh, you will soon re- by the end of this podcast, you'll realise I'm not a hardened film viewer um, <laughs> or anorak in any of the subject matters at hand. But I have watched Me Machine, and I can comment. So just to... yeah, the flies. That's all we need. <laughs> it's that Jeff Goldblum invents teleportation, and he gets in a pod with a fly, and he, the uh, DNA fused together, and he turns into a human-sized fly. Oh, okay, all right. it's very very gruesome. Oh, it's oh, it's okay. like an eighties, late eighties, mid eighties classic. Yeah, eighties. Well, it's like sci-fi horror, I yeah. suppose. It was it traumatized me. I watched it when I was seven. Really, and I had to sleep in my mum's bed for three months. <laughs> oh, that's a long time. That's your excuses. What yeah, you're saying. Yeah. I, I was being breastfed by that, that three-year-old the other week. <laughs> right. So at the football film cast, we. <clears throat> want to rate every football film ever made and put it into a league table. We do this based on the five pillars of what makes a good or, in my opinion in this case, a bad football film. The five pillars are the film itself, so that's the story around the football. The second pillar is the footballing authenticity. I always struggle with that word. <laughs> Three is the football stars. Four is the cultural impact. And five is your overall enjoyment. Of course, we're going to be discussing Me Machine. We are now under a spoiler alert, but let's be honest, it's an 18-year-old film <laughs> that is a remake of a 30, uh, no, nearly 50-year-old film. So I'm guessing you probably know the story already. This film was released on the 26th of December 2001, a couple of months after the previous film cast episode, Mike Bassett. In the real world, news headlines were still dominated by the September 11th attacks. Uh, Christmas 2001, the big film premiere on BBC was Toy Story, and the Boxing Day premiere was Ants. So it's a good job that Wolves had a home match that week, and we had this film to go to every evening. I preferred Ants to A Bug's Life at the time. I think I did, from my memory, yes. Which was the one with Woody Allen in? That's... Oh, God. I think that's A Bug's Life, I think. The Bugs Life has got the, the massive, evil-looking grasshoppers yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I barely remember either, if I'm yeah. honest. Okay. I mean, they're <laughs> not... Yeah. yeah, they're not classics, but... Yeah, that's definitely... But the, the PS1 version of a Bugs Life game was very good for the time. Never had it, so I can't... No, I don't know. <laughs> no. I remember the Toy Story game on the Mega Drive, which was absolutely brilliant. The side... The size like, platformer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was class. So, yeah, uh, Wolves had a home game on Boxing Day. It was a 3-2 loss at home to Preston. I think I might remember this game, actually. Do you remember who scored? Uh, Dean Sturridge, surely, yes. Yep. <laughs> at that point in his, his Wolves career, he was on fire. Um, and one of the player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Colin Cameron? No. Nah. Do you remember Shoot? Was it Super Kevin Muscat? No, it was Blake. Nathan Blake and Spike I mean, that was a hell of a strike time. partnership good. as well. That they were good, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we then went on to win 11 of our remaining... Oh, uh, sorry, rem- 11 of the next 12 fixtures, but only won two of the last nine games, slipping to third, losing to Norwich in the playoffs. We don't need to be reminded of that, Andy. Let's be <laughs> yeah. <honest>. We spent <laughs> nearly £12 million that season. Um, hopes are very high. 
obviously we know where it ended. Where does that season rank for you as a Wolves fan, Stu? Three quarters of it was even better than under Nuno at the time. <laughs> it was. I mean, I remember watching it when we, we smashed Warsaw on the ITV Sport Channel. Kennedy using his right foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah as a absolute screamer of a guy. Three up after about twenty minutes or something like that, and it was it was absolutely brilliant. And we just destroyed everyone every week. And you you you're going to the game thinking, well, knowing that we were going to win, mm. and then what happened happened. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. Uh, because of, because of what happened the year later, it's kind of okay. Well, if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't have had Cardiff. Blah blah blah. Mm. But for a long time that summer, I don't, I don't think I left the house. It was yeah, very depressing. I think that was probably the first season I can remember fully as a fan. Mm. Um, I'd have been nine, ten years old, and <laughs> having not really Sickening. experienced the. Uh, the semi-final playoff semi-final defeats to Bolton Palace and all that kind of thing it was the first time that we'd actually had any kind of successful football yeah. season in my lifetime anyway um, and we saw this money coming in we spend money on good players and we're scoring goals every week and we're flying high I, I think Man, Man City were a really good side that season from what I remember but they were bankrolled we, and had Keggers in charge, I think. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Keegan, Sean Wright Phillips, I think it was like just coming through at the time. Yeah. He's got a good goal against us from what I remember. Um but and that was re- I really liked that shirt that season as well. The brown one. The, yeah. The dark the old gold mm. as you would probably call it. <laughs> brown in uh, the rain. Yeah. <laughs> I really I have got fond memories of it, definitely. It was um and my first away day was Stockport County that season. Oh, with when Mo Kamara cleared the stand. And Mark Kennedy scored <laughs> yeah. the best goal I've ever seen in a live football match. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. I can't even remember this. Yeah, the ball comes I'm bouncing out YouTube off a cross, and it's just bouncing. And he just kind of winds up from about thirty five yards, and just just nice little leisurely swing at it with his left foot. And he just flies into. Yeah, the top he just arrowed. Yeah, mm. it was like you could see that the arrow was on the mitre ball, just yeah. didn't move. It was, <laughs> it was hit that unbelievable. Sweetly. Was you in the seats then, or on the terrace since you were that so young? So we were behind the goal. Um, no roof. Yeah, from it, what I remember. Yeah, so yeah, um, because the, it was about six foot high, the concrete wall, yeah. and then then there was some plywood, so you could just lean on it, and it, it went backwards. Oh, so it's it's terrifying! Shit it was a proper <laughs> shit hole, but it was for a first away experience. It was amazing. Yeah. That that was the first mm. because I was too young for the '95 and '97 playoffs away games. That was the first away playoff game I've been to as well at Norwich. Oh yeah, yeah. and it was. As soon as the third went in, everyone was just... You just knew it was over. Yeah. It was just... I watched it in the style on ITV <sighs> Digital, I remember. It was just yeah. so gutting. But... <sighs> Terrible. And to go from bad to worse, I think we now need to start talking <laughs> about the mean machine. Normally, I, I try to do like a little pricey of the film. I've tried to pad it out, and I've still only got two lines, because... <laughs> Nothing actually happens in this film. <laughs> so basically, Vinnie Jones is a former England captain who sold out his teammates and through a series of bad decisions ends up in prison coaching the inmates in a game against the prison wardens. And that's a pretty accurate description, to be honest. I was saying to Gully before we started this, this was the first time that I was actually looking forward to watching a film for the film cast. The other two I thought they are going to be awful. But I had good memories of this film. And then I actually sat down and watched it and... I think it was just shit. It was so boring. <laughs> Nothing really happens in the film. It just plods along for me. Gully, what were your initial thoughts of the film? 
just a massive letdown compared to what I remembered of it. I think is is the first thought that came to my head. I was I remember just literally just watching it as I went along and just thinking, was I really entertained by this at one point in time in my life? Um, obviously, yeah. Viewing uh, it kind of matures as you as you get older, and you understand the whole concept of character development and plot development, and you know actual you know what a prison might actually feel like in <laughs> in real life. But none of that seems to come across in the film whatsoever. It, okay, caveat: it's a comedy; it's meant to be quite light-hearted and and whatever. But it just leaves you wanting a hell of a lot more. But is it a comedy though? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it badged as badged yeah. as, like I say, yeah. I've got a bit on it later in the script where I'd put, I looked on IMDb to see what genre it was actually specified as, and the first word is comedy. But I didn't laugh at all. It was it was funny how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Mm. that's probably about the best thing you could say about it. And I was the same. I I remembered it quite well. Well, I remembered it fondly. Yeah. And then within five minutes, it, it was like, it was like it was a TV movie. Like even the like the fades between scenes, like the wipes. Mm. Like, what are you doing this for? You, it's like something from the eighties. Yeah, very much. And Production value. It, it, it looks yeah. old. It yeah. looks a lot older than Mike Bassey, which still has a. Obviously, it's dated because of the technology used, but that still feels more relevant than this did. I mean, the the, the best part about it was the trailer at the start, <laughs> the, the Umbro trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's Vinny uh, Jones looking more like Bond than Daniel Craig does. Yeah. And he he boots a ball, an Umbro ball, at a car and it explodes. That's the best part of the film. <laughs> Umbro never looked so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just massively, massively let down. I, I think, for me, considering this, this film essentially had a template already in place for mm. it, to then go on and do what they did with it felt quite lazy. I, d- I don't know. It was, it was almost, um, they didn't want to make it more than the sum of its, you know, story, which was already in place from mm-hmm. the original Longest Yard film, as you, you might have mentioned already, I'm not yep. sure. But um, it then didn't want to do anything extra to set it apart from that. Mm. It was just very much, oh, this happened in the Longest Yard, so we'll kind of make this happen. In, it in, was in, beat in, for beat, a yeah. remake of that film as yeah, well. entirely. And, and there was no sense of, you know, it's a British film, kind of bring a little bit of British humour to it or, or anything like that I, I, I'm not sure if you felt the same it was the only the, the funny parts about it were unintentionally funny yeah <laughs> like those bits where, like where he's um, he's with the, with the old guy outside and there's that, that rolled up shit on the floor <laughs> so they, they tend to do this at night and throw it out the, out the windows and thought, yeah how are they throwing it out the window it, it's prison surely <laughs> the, surely <laughs> it should be shit <laughs> a sealed window <laughs> But I think at, the, at that time, we'd come off the back of having Lockstock and Snatch. Yeah. Two films which aren't out-and-out comedies, but they were comedic. And this is from the same stable of films, so you still had Guy Ritchie was an exec producer. He was actually... Yeah, Guy Ritchie was the... disappointed me that. He was a producer, <laughs> and Matthew Vaughan, who did Kick-Ass, and he was also a producer on Lockstock and whatnot. Yeah. And obviously he had a, a, quite a few of the guys who were in those films too. But it almost felt like this was a film that was made on the off days of Lock, Stock and Snatch. Yeah. So, oh, we've got a day off. Let's go and have a kickabout over the park. We've got them contracted to this amount of hours work or something. (laughs) Let's fill their time or something. So, this is probably going to be a short bit of a conversation. Anything you actually enjoyed about it? Gully, anything? Um, Anything at all? I think... um, 
when it comes to sporting films, um, football is probably the hardest to kind of choreograph um, in terms of setting up the scenes mm-hmm. and, and you know making sure the the action actually plays out how you want it to without it looking really really manufactured. And I think a couple some at times they actually did it quite well um, during the game at the end. Um, I mean, apart from the actual climax climax moment of them scoring the winning goal, which I find bizarre. But to, to be fair to them, it looked like a game of football, right? Rather than you know looking like you know a bunch of actors put together and there there's a scene of someone kicking the ball and really someone's thrown it. And it's very obvious that yeah. someone's thrown it, you know, in the right in that direction. And that kind it of thing, it so. did look like it was a, some kind of training match, and then yeah. they edited it down. And yeah, definitely for the beats. Yeah, yeah. Stu, anything you enjoyed? That was uh, pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you look at the other two that we've talked about already in the last two film cast episodes, and it's terrible, especially the goalkeepers. Mm. Well, in this, amazingly, Jason Statham is a Scottish <laughs> <laughs> lunatic, <laughs> and you think. He's pro- he must have played in goal at some point because of the way he moves as well. Are we, are we suggesting it is Jason Statham throughout in everything? Yeah, I think it is, and he is was an uh, he was an Olympic level diver. Oh, really? So yeah. he does have he will have that that mobility in him. I think. Yeah, I know that they have got the uh, the Chelsea goalkeeper shirt from that time, just unbadged. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the, it is, yeah, it is exactly yeah. that design, isn't it? The Ed Hoy special. Oh, Umbro must have been so happy to be associated. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just that that's probably the best part about it—the actual football. But it's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is just terrible. I mean, uh, you got the guy who's the um, the guy who runs the prison. Oh God! Yeah. Who was oh. in? It was in. Was in Footballers' Wives, I think, or one of the other. One of the other. My memory of him is from Gladiator. Was he? <sighs> yeah, he's like one of the um, the. The speaker at the uh, Coliseum. Uh, I Do you not remember it? No, no. Yeah, oh, not honestly, at all. so he's he's like a really royal kind of in a really royal position where he announces the the gladiators' names as they come out and that kind of thing um, in in Gladiator. Oh right, okay. Um, and uh, he's obviously in a position of education, power, royalty, whatever. And then to see him in this film is very odd <laughs> to kind of juxtapose the way he performs in that. It's just. Uh, it just doesn't fit right for me. Yeah, but if you go back and watch Gladiator, you'll see what I'm on about. <laughs> All yeah. right, okay. Yeah, and the, the guy who's um, who's the physio, <laughs> he was. Uh, I saw him. I thought, oh, he, he used to be in Spats. There was a, a kids' TV show based in a fast food restaurant <laughs> on CITV years ago. <laughs> I have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> oh, that's fine. It, it used to be one of them, one of them things. I thought, well, I'm sure it was called Spats. I I, I had to ring my brother and ask him about this. So the physio, it's not massive, is it? It's yeah, yeah, massive. Massive is the physio. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Because well, he's he's just kind of he does everything apart from doing anything at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. Course, yeah. Okay. I, I can't remember half the names in it. I mean, I only watched it yesterday, and I have forgotten most of them because it's not memorable. It's really, it's not, really. But you not. should get the massive thing because he's really short. Yeah, I, th- I think I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just yeah. took me a minute. That to... was the, maybe the only hint of British humour I think in the whole film, perhaps. Yeah. Nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety-two spats follow life at a London branch of a Canadian hamburger chain, which is staffed by teenagers. Is <laughs> it, it a picture? Vaz, Vaz Blackwood, was in it? Okay. See, the way he was really upbeat reminded me of like, um, is it Dave Benson Phillips? 
the way yeah, you present, yeah. you used to present um, to get your own back get your own back yeah like the way Massive would oh, just be smiling I do remember that yeah the way Massive would just be smiling the whole time and yeah. cheery and stuff just reminded like me of a kids TV presenter yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. for me the only thing I enjoyed was Jason Statham because I do really like Jason Statham even though he's kind of awful the Scot- still brilliant <laughs> the Scottish thing was a bit weird for me I think like, yeah I don't think he worked on the accent enough. No, but <laughs> I don't think anything anyone worked on anything. No. <laughs> to be fair, when you hear his American accent, that was a million times okay, better. So enough. it's like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll sort of accept it. But I thought that was vaguely amusing. He's five minutes in the film. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed that. He could have gone from that to, to filming Hobbs and Shaw and been exactly the same. He really pretty much did, didn't he? Let's be <laughs> honest. So anything that you didn't like, Stu? The rest. <laughs> <laughs> I think just just how amateur it all seemed. Mm. It was just they wouldn't allow prisoners to have a radio. They wouldn't let them congregate all together like that because when and the other time they were all congregating, they're all kicking off and fighting each other. So I know it's a comedy and you're stretching imagination with these things, but it was just like, well, why are they doing this? What's that been? What's that been done for? And it was like, I know it's. Watch it as a thirty-six-year-old man when it's <laughs> it's aimed at probably early twenties football yobs mm. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just you can't even you can't recommend it even for so bad it's good because it's not yeah. it's not even yeah. it, there's nothing at all. It's just bland. It, it, mm. Yeah, I mean I, I didn't. Well, we watched the, how many times we watched the room now? Probably about six or seven times. Yeah, yeah, and at least once a year. Have you watched the room? I've not watched the room. It's, oh. Fantastic! It's it's genuinely one of the worst films you'll ever see. It's an hour and twenty minutes, so it's not a massive commitment okay. of your life. But it's just hilariously bad. He thinks he's making a Oscar-winning film, but it's an actual piece of shit. It's just <laughs> I recommend it to anyone. It's such good fun, but like if you got it in the back of your mind that he's making a, an award-winning film, and then you see what he actually comes out with, it's incredible. Okay, and then it then didn't win an award. Obviously, it did not. Well, okay. it, it well. may have won a, ra- a Razzie for worst film. Oh, right, because okay. it's. But then yeah. the film based on the room. If you wa- if you watch them back to back, that's an incredible experience. Yeah, so the guy who was in well, one of the guys who was in the room wrote a book about it called The Disaster Artist, right. which is about the director, writer, producer, right, uh, and then called the disaster. The, yeah, <laughs> then the Franco brothers then made a film right. based on that book. Okay. It's brilliant. The it's book's great as well. The book is well worth a read. I mean, I, I I like to spend my time watching good films, and I don't do enough of that. So whether I'm going <laughs> to start, start watching on... crap films, um, it's on a list somewhere. It, down it's bottom. fun. It is a fun experience. <laughs> if, if nothing else, watch The Room to get to watch The Disaster Artist, because okay. it wouldn't make any sense otherwise. All right. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. But any, Anything you hated particularly, Gully? Um, I think I could have added more depth to the characters in the film myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, without any experience of script writing, or <laughs> um, just it, again. I, I mean, maybe I'm being unfair, but just by kind of positioning it in the context of the Longest Yard and having enjoyed the remake of the Longest Yard, even though it was an Adam Sandler film, um, really you get you you get a sense of oh, you really want the um, the prisoners to win the game. You really kind yeah. of, you know, you're on the side. You're of, rooting for you're them. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sense of, oh, these guys. I, I mean, there's a, um, I believe there's a hint. Actually, I, I can't even quite work this out. There's a hint of racism 
coming out in yeah, one of the yeah, scenes, mm. but you can't quite feel it. And in the longest yard, it's a very blatant, very raw kind of, you know, yeah. the language used is very apparent. Yeah. So you get you understand that this is a very um, striking moment in the film, and you begin to build up a bit of sense of emotion about the characters that are involved in that scene. I think it happens in Meat Machine, but I like I say, I'm still not sure. That, that that's what the connotation of the scene was yeah it might just be that they were I mean? picking on someone rather yeah. than why they were exactly picking i on think because i think this the, the, it's a part i'm referring to is when um a guard is giving massive some grief and vinnie jones comes and comes and kind of saves the day kind of thing mm. um but uh, throughout the whole scene i don't sit there thinking oh go on vinnie have, have him yeah he's, <clears> he's <throat> only kicked on the floor because he's black yeah. uh, it's not I know what you mean. It's hinted at because, he, and he's like the way he's, but he's not talked to like that through the, the rest of the film. No, no, it's, it's not just that all. one scene. It's just that one scene, literally. That the and and you're meant to kind of take that from that scene, but it's just not the what. Yeah, mm. it just doesn't come strike me as any hard hitting kind of yeah, yeah storyline there. Yeah, it's, I think just to actually expand on that, I noted something about Sally Phillips, and obviously on the fan cast, we we do love a bit of Alan Partridge. So Sally Phillips being in this film, I thought was great. But the only reason she was in this film was to have sex with Vinnie Jones. She does absolutely nothing she else. You're right, yeah. There's no reason for her to want to help these people other than they make her out to just be a bit of a tramp. Yeah. <laughs> and not, that's that's just not acceptable in a film even 20 years ago. No, no. At least in The Longest Yard, the woman who Adam Sandler has sex with, they make it apparent the moment he meets her that she has had a crush on him since yeah, he was a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've given a little bit of context, they've given a little bit of depth to the character. And she gives them the videos and stuff, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, so she actually performs some kind of in, in this one, task. She's, yeah. She's just she's a secretary, basically, <laughs> in this one. Yeah. She's just there, she's female, will have her have sex. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt that the, just the characterisation in general was appalling. And I understand you're not going to have a lot of women in yeah. this purely because it's based in a prison and... Obviously, that's a conversation you don't need to get down to, but yeah, just terrible on that front. I thought. I mean, there was because I was expecting a lot of stuff to be in the language of the way things are said, even twenty years ago. Mm. And there was only one thing I put when he, he calls him a bum boy, and yeah. that that was the gotcha. only thing I thought. Hmm, can't, can't really be doing that now, mm. <laughs> even in, in prison circumstances. And this happened in was it? It won my bus. It was it. It was the. Um, was it my bass? I know it's, it's come up before. I think it was in goal. Mm. Where it was in, when it, it was said in the changing rooms. Then, you think yes, it was very yeah. much the language of the time. Yeah, and it, it kind of grounds it in the early two thousands, late nineties kind yeah. of thing. But mm. now there was. I mean, I, tr- I looked at what I put down on my notes app, and there's barely anything at all. Yeah, really, really struggled with and it. The other thing is, there was a couple of weird things where he's blatantly driving around the streets with an open, bo- open bottle drink driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I quite yeah. enjoyed that when the police stopped him in the uh, was it a pub he went to. Yes, yeah, 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 and they said, we need to breathalyze. And he's like, oh, there's no point. I am absolutely pissed. <laughs> yeah. I, I did chuckle at that bit, maybe, but that was about it. But everything, they seem to rush into every kind of moment yeah. that you want to to try and build whatever level of plot they want to build which is very little um everything seems really rushed into mm-hmm. uh, the next scene and the next scene they have to get to it and they have to make you know sure that we're really you know it's really it's really obvious what they're trying to say in this scene yeah. do you know what yeah. i mean it's, there's I mean, no subtext yeah, just, just text yeah yeah <laughs> literally mm. 
And there's, there's a Brighton badge in his um, in the in the guards' offices as well on the wall. I thought, what's that? Because it's the Brighton badge from when they had Skint as their sponsor when they were at the with Dean. Right. Okay. And it's just behind him on the wall in a frame. That's never even meant, never reference. It's like, oh, what football club can we put on the wall that's not going to be offensive to everyone? We'll, yeah. put, we'll put Brighton on. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> so you got the Brighton badge, and then you got all the um, the only redeeming part of it of in um, Carnival Deep Paddy and uh, Let Me Entertain You in the soundtrack. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, tick tick boxes for football uh, music of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But again, that is clutching at very very tight small straws. Yeah. I mean, for me, the this part that we're discussing, it was a big fat one out of five. I would have given it zero, but I, I probably laughed at that moment I just mentioned, and I did chuckle at the commentators. There's nothing original about the commentators when no. they did theirs. Obviously, it was done in dodgeball, and it was done better in dodgeball. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I did chuckle, so you got a one rather than a zero for me. And, and looking at your pair of scores, I mean, Gully, you also gave it a one. Stu, you gave it a two. And yeah. I, I feel, yeah, I, I think you can make an argument for that, really. It's a very low scoring. Yeah, I think mean, it wasn't terrible, terrible that it was unwatchable. Because there, there was still parts where it did redeem itself for about 10 minutes. Mm. <laughs> and the, the actual football part of it, I did enjoy. But it's just as an actual that was film. It. Yeah, as a mm. film. You could have put that out as a short. Yeah. And now you would. Yeah. Absolutely. And it'd be great, but mm. as a film, nah. Mm. Obviously, because the whole film is centred around the big match cliche, I think we should move on to the footballing authenticity of the uh, the game. For me, I have been a bit more harsher than you two gents. I have given it a one on the footballing authenticity. It's spoilt by Nuno, that's why. Well, <laughs> th- there is a bit of that, but even within the world that the film creates... They're having moments where they are literally body slamming, punching, stamping each other, and the ref lets it go. But then he sends off a player for doing one of those actions, and it's just a little bit too jarring. For me, I think they just needed to have it at either cartoon violence throughout or not at all. And I yeah. struggled with that a little bit myself. I mean, I guess at this point, I've kind of given up on the <laughs> on the kind of you know logistics in in that sense. Yeah, you know, yeah the paying attention to the rules and the way <laughs> forget that uh, you know I, I just think if I was to walk past that game you know in the mm. park that, that as, if they were filming it would look like a football match to me so mm. it kind of yeah, it worked for me in, in many ways um, apart from obviously the monk just running out and sort of <laughs> just taking people on for fun and that kind of thing he was going proper Renee Geeter at points yeah, wasn't he it? Was, yeah he was uh, yeah. but I mean it's all part of the character which uh, I'm sure everybody enjoyed um, the only thing that did great on me was the winning goal and the way he's just stood there with the ball stationary watching all these people who are apparently sprinting for their lives but also taking you know <laughs> forever uh, about yeah. you know you know an age to get to the ball and then all of a sudden this one bloke comes out of nowhere that you hadn't seen in any of the clips at any point and, mm. and I'm just like nah sorry mm. guys yeah like, and a very very weak, ridiculous Danny Dyer, which yeah. When you go from he goes from that that to that professional Cockney Danny Dyer, he is now. Yeah, of course. And you think, where's that? How did how does that change? He literally gets bullied in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets bullied for being a dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> this might be one of the few Danny Dyer roles I don't hate because he's <laughs> actually 
not lovable, but you don't. You don't think he's a twat. You feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah, he's quite amusing with it. At least he's trying. Yeah, but I found him quite amusing. Whereas in everything else, he's massively unlikable, (laughs) even when he's not supposed to be. But yeah. Uh, the other thing I hated in the the footballing bit, the editing, and to get a bit technical, the snapshot style really pissed me off. It was like watching a proper action film that it was they were having two or three cuts a second at points, and it was so difficult to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, and there'd be a passage of play, and then the next shot would be a totally different passage of play, mm. and there's just no flow to it whatsoever. Yeah, you know, you're like, well, the ball was like the guards were on the attack, and then all of a sudden the Prisoners on the attack. Mm. Like, that's obviously football doesn't obviously work like that. Yeah. Um, like when they when they had the wide shots, the wide shots looked good. Yeah. So it looked mm. like a, a proper game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it looked. I was thinking about it when because I put it highly for authentic this just for that reason that it looked like a football match. Yeah. However stupid it was, but it looked to me like they had actually just give him a ball and said you go and have a kick about yeah and we'll, edit, we'll edit, film you yeah, yeah. we'll film you and the best parts and we'll fit it into what we've got yeah we'll put a story to be honest, that's that. the best way to again going back to the longest yard it's American football it's all set plays you can choreograph that quite mm-hmm. naturally yeah with football you haven't got a cat in hell's chance of making sure a player crosses the ball where you want him to cross the mm. ball and, and you know yeah, the balls. If the, if you want them to score with a shot, it's actually going to go into the net <laughs> yeah. and, and all this kind of stuff. And it, yeah, they they do a decent job. Of, and like you said, probably is the best option to just say to him, "Go and have a game. We'll just take some shots of, of you yeah. playing a game." Mm. I think, and then editing it together what they had. That's probably why it looked so jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. It might be that might just be an observation. I don't know, but that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. Mm. I, the other thing that re- I I can't remember some of the things he said, but. Going back to your man that was in Gladiator, um, the governor, yeah, whatever his name is, um, just some of the commentary that he kept giving alongside the game were just things that no football fan <laughs> on the planet will mm. ever say. Yeah, there's <laughs> a man who's never like, watched a game in his life, and he's like saying, I, I, I can't remember what he says exactly. But it's the way he says football. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's really like I say. Having watched him in Gladiator, yeah. that's where he belongs. He does <laughs> not belong as a prison <laughs> prison warden. Has he got the Has he got the eyebrows in Gladiator as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. every time I've seen him, it's just the eyebrows that you see yeah. pointed upwards. I think they're a bit more decorative in Gladiator. <laughs> from what I remember. Yeah. Naturally, given it was Roman times. Um, but yeah. Yeah, they were guilted. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no right. threading that back then. <laughs> right. I think we'll have a quick break there, and then we'll come back and discuss the rest of the film. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. Hello and welcome back to the second half where we'll be discussing the mean machine. Second half, oh, the puns just keep coming. The puns, <laughs> puntastic. 
I think we'll go now to the football stars of the film. I had to um, Wikipedia this just to see if there was anyone other than Vinnie Jones actually involved in it. There was Charlie Hartfield, who <laughs> played for Sheffield United. No idea. Paul Fishenden, who played for Wimbledon in the 80s. Brian Gale, who did play in the Premier League for Sheffield United. He also played locally for Shrewsbury and Telford, none of which had a speaking role. <coughs> I think two of the four, or at least three of the four maybe, were on uh, the guards team. I noticed them afterwards because I checked before watching the film just to see if they actually did anything, which they didn't. So what, <laughs> yeah. what's the point in having yeah, footballers exactly. in a film and not sort of relying a little bit more on their, their expertise? Well, I, I also wikipedia earlier today, and uh, apparently Ryan Giggs features in a prison scene rather than the game. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, like for a split second, he features as a guard, like just in uniform. Right. Uh, so I, I, when I, I remember seeing his name on there, and I think he played with... Possibly Brian Gale at Wales. Well, Vinnie Jones was Welsh as well. Well, yeah, Vinnie Jones was captain no, of Wales at one point. No, he's not. He He's an England international. Sorry. Oh, who no, no, gave Danny, a penalty Danny away. Meehan. Danny Meehan is yeah. an international. <laughs> <laughs> but another poor showing as well. I thought this. I thought, well, you can get a load of ex-players who would jump at the chance to have a piss around and just play football on film. And they'd got nobody. But they didn't have any actual big name actors who took these roles, so yeah. it felt like a missed opportunity to me. But they did have Vinnie Jones, who hadn't long retired either. Remember from actually yeah, playing, and mm. he was a very decent Premier League player as well. He was a big name. Um, had, he, had he was he long into his acting career at this point? He'd done Lockstock was first, wasn't it? Yeah, years before Lockstock was ninety eight. Right. So we're looking at three to four years nearly. Okay. So he's at the start, but yeah. you could probably argue that this was his prime because he's never quite hit the heights of, of Lock, Stock and Snatch. Oh, God, oh, He seconds. also did Gone in 60 Seconds, which <laughs> yeah. was before this. Uh, that was, was 2000 okay. or 99, well, he, maybe. He pretty much doesn't have a speaking role in that. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> he was also a recurring character in a, a TV show called The Cape. No idea. No, no. no which Lost is a, on me. It was superhero TV before um, the Arrowverse started. Right, okay. And he's he's in the Arrowverse anyway. Sure yes, he, of course he is, yeah. Yeah, he plays a bad guy in Arrow in a couple of episodes. Or Flash, I mean, one of them. Yeah, well, okay. yeah. It's petered mm. out slightly. <laughs> yeah. career, uh, even though, obviously, not a footballing star as such, we did see Mike Bassett's England captain, Gary Wackett, Jeff Bell. He, was, yes. um, he played yeah. Ratchet. Yes, he did. So that was as close as they got. Was I, it? He seems to feature in quite a few decent uh, British films, though. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a bit of a Guy Ritchie favourite, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he's in Rock and Roller, mm-hmm. which is one of my favourite Guy Ritchie films. Actually. I haven't seen that one, haven't you? Oh, no. it's really good, really good film. I'm not a massive Guy Ritchie fan, really. Mm, I like Lock, Stock and Snatch. Everything else has been a bit. Rock and Roller is 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 I'd bet I'd say better than them. Okay, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give I'd, that I'd one rec- a go. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Not Sherlock mm. Holmes. God no, awful films. <laughs> I only saw, I saw the first one. I thought that was all right. I never watched the second though. Mm, I, I saw the first one and then my ex's parents put the second one on and I walked out the room halfway through because it was just shit. Were you with your ex at the time in the room? Yeah, yeah. No, you were just around there for a laugh. No, no. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, he always used to try and show me films that he thought were great because of, like, of doing the film degree. He was like, oh, <laughs> this is a good film. Sit down. Do you want to know why this is a bad film, John? And then I'd sit there for 20 minutes ripping it to pieces. <laughs> Like this. <laughs> <laughs> like this, yeah. Only now it's for 
more than just my fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anything else to say on the footballing stars? I'm sure Vinny Jones, throughout the film, has got little uh, ear studs in, hasn't he? Yeah. And he yeah, plays with yeah. them in as well, I think. Yeah. Off the, off the top of my head. Another thing that just... I don't think you had to tape it up then, though. I'm sure you did. I know you had to tape... You had to tape rings up. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think ear studs would... I, I can't remember in the 90s people with plaster on their ears. I do. Yeah, I, I, I can. Oh, but I, now you wouldn't even get away with that. No, you you'd, can't. You'd actually have to remove them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, yeah. Having, having studs in a prison yes. wouldn't be allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably wouldn't be. <laughs> no, that's true. No, he's an England captain. You can get away with it. Yeah. Speaking of that, why was Danny Dyer allowed to have his England shirt in the uh, the prison? <laughs> That really confused me. Everyone else is wearing the exact it's, same thing. He's a lovable and he got bullied. <laughs> and they should allow him just a little bit of a nicety now and then. It was weird. Where would the bomb come from? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Tip That's, of the iceberg, really, oh, isn't it? No, he was a bomb expert. In the he was, film, he was... Uh, I'm guessing that's why his name was Nitro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, okay. Yeah. But he's never explained why... I mean, I had to read no. Wikipedia to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> What he made a bomb to kill him for. It's yeah. not really explained. No. Just because he, he threw the game and lost some money to yeah. the, the bookies. He then blew up a car at the end as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, to go back a little bit, when he died, when he killed him, no one seemed to give a shit. Not really, no. It was no. utterly irrelevant. Yeah. We're just watching The Longest Yard. When Chris Rock gets done in... Yeah. Know, Everyone there is like, you can tell they're quite upset that they've yeah. just lost. I think you feel quite upset with, as yeah. an observer yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah. You, you want them yeah. to, to do it for, for caretaker, whereas on this one, it's like, yeah. I don't really care, to be honest. When it, you think it's someone who's been there longer than any of them. Yeah. Who's, they've obviously known, I mean, some of them be lifers as well. Yeah. You think, oh, this is like a father figure to you. I mean, I got emotional about the Jackie McNamara stuff yesterday. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. And I watched him from. Hundred yards away mm. for two, two or three years, but when you got someone who you've you've known for at least two or three years in prison, it gets blown up, <laughs> and you don't care. Mm. Nah, it's probably terrible. all thought he was knocking on anyway, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's done him a favour. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the cultural impact of the film. <laughs> I laughed when I read that, that uh, category to be honest um, I've had to really stretch <laughs> my interpretation of cultural impact because the film itself has got zero Yeah, the cultural impact obviously comes from The Longest Yard not from this film Yeah. so for me the cultural impact of this film is actually the start of The Stath because you've had you've had him in Lockstock and St- Natch. But not and in this kind of this. role, I suppose. Yeah, and very I, different. I don't think you get what we now see without these few early films. So that's the only cultural impact I can say yeah. is that he's gone on to do. But Lockstock and Snatch, he's not portrayed as any kind of action man in any way, shape, or no. form, is he? No. So in this one, at least you get the impression that he's going on to be some kind of adrenaline, Bit of a tough guy, and t- yeah. yeah, you know, going to be throwing himself around into. Yeah burning buildings that kind of stuff mm. um, so you're saying you, we wouldn't have got the transporter without Mean Machine no no we need Mean Machine for, for the transporter <laughs> and Hobbs and Shaw and all the Fast and Furious films but I've I've got one when I saw that question I thought it came to me straight away you remember Red Card Soccer 
No. It was exactly no one remembers it, but no. that game was made because of this film. And it was made God. it was it was you where you could just get sent off and carry on. It was for the original PlayStation. See the aim of the game is just go well, kicking right. the shit out of people. I, I remember playing the demo, I never it was, it was never really very good. You do surprise me. But wow. it, it was one of them things where it was like the, the alternative side of football and all that kind of movement where it, it, football factory and all that stuff weren't ready. Well, it was two years later, three years later after this, after yeah. this one. And so you had the, the under, oh yeah, proper lads playing against, the, playing against the fuzz and all this stuff. And I remember at the time, a few people, when we watched it, and you had the idiots, oh, have you seen that meme machine? It's great. But it hasn't lasted, <laughs> and that, that's why I, because it, it spawned a game, <laughs> yeah, and of certain people going on to other things that I hadn't seen them in before. That's why I, I scored it at that. But again, it was stretching it a bit. Jeez, our red card soccer was in. Uh, it was just known as red card in Europe. Midway Games, two thousand and two. You know, I'm I'm no. racking my brain right yeah. now. But look at the the cover of it. For, oh, it's no, it's Xbox and PS2 actually. And the cover of the game is the famous Vinnie Jones Gaza ball clench. Oh yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That does ring a bell. Seeing that now, it's, it's worth a Google if you're uh, you're into your games. Same okay. game, same game, different rules. So this is on the cover. <laughs> And obviously, the other, the other one who went on to bigger and better things after this is Danny Dyer. So maybe we shouldn't forgive it for uh, giving us the statham if it's given <laughs> us Danny Dyer. But it's, please, you remember that, the, um, that Danny Dyer game show? Did you watch it? It was on last year. No. What was it? It was, uh, was it The Wall? It was, uh, it was on BBC, it was on like, um, Saturday Night BBC One. And no idea. Apparently it was filmed in Poland, <laughs> and they had a Polish audience who had no idea what was going on. He's he just <laughs> looking spelled. They yeah. like made it up. Yeah, no. not come across this. Oh, this is another one for the. <laughs> the only thing I can remember of Danny Dyer was when he had that series of was it Hard Bastards with Danny Dyer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The real football factories. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. As well. And that one guy punched him in the face, and it was just hilarious. <laughs> Just knocked him senseless. He, he did one of the one-inch punches oh, really? into his face and fucked him up. Wow, fair play. <laughs> like, he took it and didn't cry until the guy moved away and then he was just talking to the camera and he, he had a tear in his eye and it was just brilliant. Yeah, yeah it was at the wall. Danny Dyer has left Mick Carter and his waistcoats well and truly behind to front a new BBC One game show called The Wall. The in show, Poland. Yeah, which combines <laughs> strategy, luck and knowledge will offer contestants the chance to walk away with a life-changing amount of money. However, what the wall gives, the wall takes away. In a game that will leave viewers on the edge of their seats. It's been to be on iPlayer. Oh my, my God. Word. They put some shit on TV. <laughs> they do put some shit on Danny Dyer in the wall. Yeah, look, if the masked singer is a concept, <laughs> anything goes, let's be honest. I still haven't watched an episode of that. No. no. Well, there was a, a clip of um, Denise Van Outen's daughter, and she didn't know that it was her. Oh, right, okay. And so when she was unmasked, Mum! That bring a tear to the eyes. Well, I imagine. <laughs> Jesus. I'm really struggling to talk about anything else of this film because it's just been cack. <laughs> Cultural <laughs> impact. <laughs> has anyone got any other business? I've got a couple of other things I wanted to mention, but has anyone else got anything? any other facts or foibles they want to bring to the table? 
it was free on Netflix. Yes. As a <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to torrent it or get it from other legitimate ways. We don't torrent, Stuart. It, it, I mean, it came up before we even came with the concept of talking about the film, didn't it? Yeah. So I think, did that trigger the... Yeah, that was yeah. why. And it, it was it requested. Was, <laughs> it was... No, but it was... It's advertised on Netflix, like, you know, a big almost re-premiere of, of, <laughs> of the film. It's, it's the first thing you see when it comes on and you think, oh my God, how good was this be? <laughs> The, no. be- Terrible, the best bits are in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can literally condense it into probably the thirty seconds yeah. Netflix trailer. Yeah. That you get. So the other couple of bits I had to mention really, I felt very shortchanged watching this because I then watched the two Longest Yards. If you watch the two thousand and five Longest Yard, they've got ex ball players Michael Irvin, Bill Romanovsky, Brian Bosworth, Terry Crews, Bill Goldberg. They had former college players with Burt Reynolds, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Plus sport, uh, stars from sports and entertainment, Bob Sapp, Nelly, Kevin Nash. That film had star power. Yeah. I think that's what really appealed about that film. Mm. They had an amazing cast in that sense. Um, and But you actually felt some kind of character there as well. Yeah. You felt a sense that they'd thought about what they wanted these people to stand for in, in, in the film. So, yeah. you know, really, really, really enjoyed The Longest Show, I'd have to say. Everyone who came to that film came to everyone within their roles came with their own baggage, and they took that onto the screen, which helped them grow. Whereas all of the characters in Me Machine, you didn't really know who they were before. You didn't give a shit about who they were now, <laughs> yeah. and they didn't go on a journey. So. No, they didn't. No, they didn't at all. They had a journey to walk outside into <laughs> yeah. the best prison pitch ever. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I had a quick look into. I quite like my directors when it comes to film. I think it's a director's medium. So I had a look into Barry Skolnick, the director. On IMDb, he's got two credits, one of which is obviously Me Machine. The other one is... Oh, where did I put this? It is something called... An episode of 10-Minute Tales. <laughs> he's done a few TV commercials. Uh, the only other place I could find him was on ukjewishfilm.org. <laughs> Where it says that he was qualified as a chartered surveyor in 1992. Exceptional work, that is. Yeah, so and is he it... somehow managed to make a, a two and a half million budget film. It's as if that's even a website. They spent two yeah. and a half million pounds. Two and a half mil budget, yeah. The Umbro advert? That's where the money went. Does Umbro even exist anymore? Yeah, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't even see people wearing Umbro gear or anything yeah. on the making kits. Yeah. I haven't seen it for years. Darby wear Umbro? Do they? Oh, they did last year. I think but John Terry was the last person who ever wore Umbro. <laughs> Umbro got sold, got bought by Nike, and then that's why the England thing got took over by Nike. Yeah, and then some Chinese people, some Chinese companies bought the Umbro name back, and then it was like repatriated. Okay. I don't think it's made in Manchester anymore, but it's it definitely exists. History of mm. Umbro there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought Netflix, um, Me Machine was probably the final nail in the coffin for the <laughs> anyway, but. Well, yeah, to be associated with this. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the whole Umbro Pretty Green thing that's everywhere? Yeah, of course. They have started to come back with some of the, this crossover with Liam Gallagher's oh, clothing really? label. Okay. Yeah. The, the Umbro football gear just doesn't seem to exist anymore to me. No. Yeah. I know the headquarters are in, in Cheadle. Mm. And by Iconics Brand Group. <laughs> I'm, I do wonder sometimes, you know, actors who... You know, star in star, star is the wrong word. Feature in these films. When they look back, how they must feel. 
like if they look back I, I, I would not watch this film back if I had featured it no be I'd be embarrassed but mm. um, yeah just a sense of yeah, that, yeah, mm. they paid me. They paid me to do that. Well, I remember when um, Michael Caine, because he was in was it Jaws three or Jaws four? He was in terrible film, yeah. absolutely awful. And people asked him about it, and he said, "Oh yeah, that bought my mansion in Malibu." Ah, okay. That's how they they look back and okay, okay, that's fine. But when Vinnie Jones probably got paid a couple hundred quid to appear in this, it's not quite the same. Yeah, that bought me a McDonald's one weekend. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, so if I if I had the chance to watch my school drama performances in GCSE, I'd still watch them now. Uh, oh, I think we all want to. Watch <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You chose drama at GCSE. Yeah, because the art exam was ten hours long, and I don't want to do it. Okay, so is it toss up between the two? Yeah, well, you could you could do an art, drama, and what was the other one? We do could do music. Yeah, or we could do IT. Oh, you business so should have, you know. Pitch for a role in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I've got, to, I've got to see GCSE drama. Yeah, <clears throat> I got to be. Um, yeah, well, did, did you ever do a rip up of um, Stella Street? God no. Well, I I did play Michael Caine, funnily enough. <laughs> and Goldie, as we were talking about earlier, Goldie played um, Michael Flatley, who could only communicate through dance. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't he didn't speak an, a single word in a. GCSE drama performance. So interpretive Fantastic. dance. Interpretive dance. We had um, one as um, Elvis, who just did uh-huh, so every single thing. <laughs> <laughs> we had um, Pity as um, Mick Jagger, and he was, uh, oh, <laughs> he was proper hamming it up. And he, um, he had this... For some reason, we turned Mick Jagger into um, Blofeld from Bond, and he had a white cat. Right. And completely out of nowhere, um, I can't remember what Fletcher played, but he, um, he went over to me and he went, oh, get your hands off my pussy. <laughs> and you could see the head of drama <laughs> was standing there. We're going to get proper bollocks for this. <laughs> but we, got, we were the only one out of, I think there was eight or nine performances. Standing ovation for us. Really? The exam board loved us because we did something different. <laughs> And you had things like proper about despair and heartbreak. We went up there, pissed about, got a proper grade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is interesting. I want to yeah. watch this more than... I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my my um, performance was... It was about a racial, um, a mixed race uh, relationship. It, I was supposed to be married to this uh, Asian girl. And we had an argument in one scene. And we could never get the stage fighting right. So when you slap someone, you're supposed to put your hand next to your face and they slap your hand. But it always looks dreadful. So I just said to her, just before we went, I'm like, just just slap me. Just do it as hard as you can. And honestly, my ears was ringing for days yeah. afterwards. It was ridiculous. So I had to finish it off with just this massive like paw print across yeah, my face. Yeah. But yeah, happily sit through that again rather than <laughs> watching Mean Machine. So the critical response, unsurprisingly, was fairly negative. <laughs> Stephen Ree, or Ray, I'm not sure, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. A likeable, energetic vehicle for English sports god Vinnie Jones. <laughs> English sports god. Yeah, but this is from a country who's celebrating having Darren Huckabee in America. Yeah, that is true. That was the best review I could find of it. Uh, my my favourite one. Sorry, Golly. 
No, just the, the idea that it made it to America. It's just yeah. like, yeah. like beyond me, to be honest. It's only made about 70 grand in the States. Bloody hell. Well, I think that might have been about 70 grand worldwide. So obviously that might be yeah. less. But uh, also Andrew Howe from eFilm Critic. The scriptwriter is no less a menace to society than the film's characters. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. It has got 79% five-star reviews on Amazon. <laughs> People who write things on Amazon are fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing was, when I looked, the most recent one was on the 9th of February this year. What moron is still watching this film? Unless it's for a podcast, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 43%, no, sorry, a 34% critical response. Audience response was 72%. I imagine that must be people like us who have fond memories, but having revisited it, realise it's shit. IMDb, the fan score is a 6.5, the meta score is a 45, so again, I think that the fans possibly are watching it with rose-tinted goggles, because not great. So overall enjoyment, would you recommend this film to others? Gully? If only to recalibrate people's minds on what it was like in their youth. <laughs> Just yeah. to remind them Just that. Just to bring them back actually, to Earth. It's like, um, like they say, you, you, oh, no, that doesn't really work. You should never meet your heroes because it kind of ruins the experience <laughs> of them for you. But maybe at one time this was someone's heroic if, yeah you know, Vinnie Jones was someone's uh, you know <laughs> idol or something put them through this and they'll soon change their mind and they've, got this, they've watched this film every year since he came out yeah <laughs> Stu would you recommend it I'd recommend it if you could cut it down yourself and make it about 20 minutes long that's there is a TV episode in there probably yeah yeah if it like I said if it was made into a short hmm well, it looks like they've tried to rush through it anyway, to be yeah. honest. Mm. There's, there's absolutely no point in that. You could have it at the start, all the all the character stuff, and then the match. Yeah. You just cut all the character stuff out. You don't mm. need it. No one cares anyway. So you say, oh, he's gone to prison. This is what happens. So an old man gets blown up. No one cares. <laughs> 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 they literally don't, do they? No. <laughs> and then yeah. there's a match, and then it finishes. Mm. You don't know if he gets if he gets that out you don't know if he if the tables are turned it just finishes so mm. if you're sadistic and you really want to watch some football films you could you could even watch like certain other uh, commentators on Twitter who watch netball for fun you could w- more, rather watch that than this if you want your sports fix yeah. post a video with a running commentary of the film and that would be a very entertaining. <laughs> that would be better. A watch, al- yeah. a watch along would be yeah. better than yeah. watching yeah. the film. Yeah, I don't think I could recommend this film at all. <laughs> if you want something that's a bit more dramatic, watch the original Longest Yard. If you want something that's a bit more comedic, watch the remake of the Longest Yard. I can't recommend this, knowing that those two films are out there yeah. and are much better. I mean, Dodgeball was made, which is basically the same film but better. It's been done a million times and a million times better. Even basketball is better than this. Yes. <laughs> All <What>? day. Basketball. <laughs> Never heard the of guys it. from um, South Park. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's fucking batshit. <laughs> it's probably about the second or third year of South Park and then they make this film um, and it's basically TV audiences turn off 
from basketball and baseball in America because of oversaturation and stuff. So they met this thing combining baseball <laughs> oh, wow. and basketball <laughs> okay. in the in their um in their front garden on their on the forecourt and stuff. And then it turns into a massive uh, nationwide sport, <laughs> <laughs> starring both of them. Okay, yeah, very good. It's got them, and it's got Carmen Electra. Was it? Who was in yeah. it? Yeah, and a young Jenny McCarthy. Okay, reason yeah. in, reason enough. Yeah, and it's got the guy from Cannibal the Musical on it as well. Yes, I love Cannibal the Musical. It's another one of their films. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. I've tallied up all our scores, and it got a 27 out of 75. <laughs> it's got I feel f- like that's high. <laughs> yeah, it's got a 36% overall, which puts it firmly at the foot of the film cast table, which is exactly oh, where yeah. it belongs. Where else are we sitting with the others? Uh, the other two, uh, I think, off the top of my head, I think Goal was the next one up, which was 56%, and Mike Bassett was... 66%. Okay. Might have been closer. That might have been 65 and 66, something like that. But I mean, they are t- both of those are twice the film that this is. Goal's not Reflected a good film. in the numbers here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, so I think it's time for uh, Dan's quiz. We, we're ready for this, gentlemen. We've actually got a quiz. We've got a quiz. <laughs> I've got no idea what he's even done with this one. <laughs> I mean, after my performance on Friday, I need, uh, I need something. Yeah, that was appalling, to be honest, Joe. Yes, if uh, if you haven't already listened, the 400th episode celebrations were released last week. So uh, please have a listen. Let us know how you got on in Dan's quiz and, and what you thought of the podcast. It was a great night, I thought, for for all involved. And unfortunately, Gully couldn't be there, but we uh, we downed one in his uh, in his honour. Appreciate well, it, boys. Well, <laughs> there we go. Here's the quiz. Right. Have we got our notes up then, gents? We do. We do. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Okay. <clears throat> The final match in Mean Machine was filmed at the former ground of Yedding FC. Their best ever FA Cup run ended in the third round uh, in January 2005 at home to Newcastle United. But who did Wolves beat in the third round of the 2005 FA Cup? Oh, I was really hoping the answer to that question was DJ Because <laughs> <laughs> he played for them, didn't he? I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he did. 2005? 2005, January 2005. So that's first season after we've come down. Yeah, I don't know if we were home or away, but yeah, we did win. It's another one of them. I would have been there and I've got absolutely... More than likely, yeah. Yeah. I can tell you the score, if that'll help. It was 2-0. We beat Uh, someone 2-0. 2005. Because I'm, I'm trying to think of what these places like when we went to Oldham. That was that was an event. Has anyone yeah. been there before? Mm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be somewhere terrible. Like the Preston, I mean, play Preston. Yeah, if, if this is was an away match, it's a terrible ground. Uh, it is not one you would want to go to ever again. Have you got our answers? There's quite a few of them. To be fair. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm locked in. So, you. I'm trying to think where you, you categorise as terrible ground now. Um, <clears throat> There. Okay. I think that I'm pretty sure that's wrong, but Okay, good shoe. Who have you got? I'm going for Wednesday. Right, okay. Gully. Millwall. It was Millwall. <laughs> it was. It was Millwall. It was oh, Mill- it, it, it would have been at home. Right, okay. Yeah, it was Millwall at home. Yeah, uh, Soul and Carl Court scored our goals that day. Soul. Oh, I love Soul. Yeah, he was he felt like a superstar when he came. Yeah. But then he never quite hit the heights. 
He was good, but, but then he went to Reading and scored screamer after screamer. Yeah, he, he did, didn't oh, he? So disappointing. Got, I had Sol on the back of my shirt. Did you? That year to start with, but then because they'd messed it up in the club shop, I um I went to take it back and I, and he, he dropped off in form. Really? And I'm trying to think if that game was away now. Because was that when you got Jackie McNamara? Then? Yeah, when ah, I got oh, Ma- McNamara okay. replaced Sol on the back <laughs> of the shirt. All the best to Jackie. But Sol, he's, he's awake apparently. Is he? Oh, that's good. Sol got a Wolves 7,000 to goal as well. Yes, he did, yeah. Away at Palace. I remember that. Mm. Is that a quiz question? Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping not now, I've just admitted that. Um, right, okay, so second question, so that's 1-0 to Gully. Uh, second question, in April 1998, it took 12 minutes for Vinnie Jones to get booked for QPR against Wolves after a scuffle with which Wolves striker? I don't remember Vinnie Jones at QPR. Not, no, I don't. April 98. I think... For me, all I can ever remember about Jones was obviously his Wimbledon days and when he went in goal against Newcastle that once. <laughs> which was probably the one performance of his that really stands out. He was superb Ooh, that day. I'm stuck between two. Yeah, they showed that last, last season, didn't they? After um, when Carl Walker went in goal for Man Did City. They? they? showed it on the sky, that, that performance against Newcastle. Brilliant. And he was amazing. <laughs> there is nothing better than an outfield player in goal, though. No, there isn't. Unless it's when your club has to do it. Well, no, uh, we've had it. Shackle did it once. <coughs> when uh, we, Preston was when it? We, we scored a hat trick. Yeah. Um, and Doherty's done it once as well, hasn't he? Yeah, away at Norwich. Yes, Norwich. Norwich yeah. yeah. The worst one was Dean Richards against yeah. Stoke at home. I can't remember that. I mean, Mike, no, it's before your time. Mike Stoke, um, he clattered into Eric Young and he, <laughs> he broke his cheekbone. And we had no keeper on the bench. No. It's no. the time of three subs, probably, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Dean Richards went in Ireland was awful. Mm. Yeah, we we were 2-1 down anyway, but we lost... 4-1. No, yeah, 4-1, sorry, yeah. I mean, he was a good player, but I don't think... He, he was. Well, apparently he was a keeper as a kid. The, oh, the story then came out afterwards, and like, well, that's why they moved you to defence, mate, because <laughs> yeah. it was not good. <laughs> uh, we got our answers? I think I do, yeah. Okay, Gully, who have you got? He was a bit of a scrapper, bully, wasn't he? Right, okay. And Stu? Dougie. You're both wrong. It was Steve Claridge. Oh, oh my... Think about it, it now, actually. It was around the time of the semi-final, that would have been. Yeah, 98. So I was thinking April it, yeah. 98, yeah. It, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't be the obvious. It was going to be one of the other two. Oh, yeah. God. And he, Bully would have been injured, wouldn't he, at that point? Possibly. Yeah. Oh, he'd, he'd have won the he'd scrapper as well. It's a devious Bully, question, was, that was. Bully was good for. Right. According to Google, in 2001, the budget for Mean Machine was more or less than what Wolves paid Man City for Mark Kennedy. According to Google. Which was the bigger waste of money, Mean Machine or Mark <laughs> Kennedy? Hey, Mark, don't let Dan hear you say anything <laughs> I know, about yeah. Mark Kennedy. It's the reason I said it. <laughs> um, okay. Locked. I remember getting Kennedy and yeah. that felt like it was a big signing at the time. He was a good player. Mm. Know, well, you know, people don't realise that he, he was at Liverpool at one point yeah. in, the, yeah. in the 90s, wasn't he? And he uh, was playing for them, so... I would just remember his career petering out when he ended up playing like defensive midfielder for us. Yeah, and it was just never going to work. We had uh, there's an FA Cup game against United, I think, where we had Darren Anderson, Paul Ince, and Mark Kennedy in central midfield. <laughs> Jeez, have we both got answers? Yeah, yeah. Stu, I'm at Kennedy 1.8 million, so Mean Machine was more. Okay, and Gully same more. Yep, Mean Machine was two and a half. Kennedy was two, apparently, according to Google. Right. On the website Rotten Tomatoes, Me Machine has a score of 34% on the tomato meter. 
who wore number 34 for Wolves under Mick McCarthy in the Premier League? <laughs> I know this. I say I knew this before I, this. I saw the answer. Because it always feels weird when we have a starting play with a number over, out of the 20s, I yeah. thought, yeah. Well, Farley was 32. Forever. Yeah, yeah, he was 32 forever. Where was it he went? Was it Australia or was it the States? Yeah. Farley went to Copenhagen for a bit. No, but he, he went somewhere recently, didn't he, to join up with Neil Collins? Oh, the, the States staff? then? That's the, the States, States yeah, because yeah, he was at Tampa Bay Rowdies, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said on his old goal club um, podcast day that he, when he he left he left us, he just knew he was premature because the injuries had done for him. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Really. Mick did have a habit of uh, running to players I, into the ground. I, I didn't still he? think he's one of our best players like, in the last twenty years. He was excellent, he's a brilliant wasn't he? footballer. You never felt a t- uh, you know uneasy with him playing yeah, wherever. Just, yeah. you, you didn't worry about it, him, whichever yeah. left winger was up against him. You didn't you didn't yeah. even think about no, it, did you? He was great. Have we got answers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Gully. <laughs> so squad numbers. I when the first came in, I remembered all of them. I memorised. Yeah, it. yeah. And it was just a, <laughs> just a blur. It was the curse of champ manager. I used to know them all. Yeah. Goodyora and Stu. Adlin. Yeah. Adlin. Yeah. It's uh, straddling Adlin Goodyora. <laughs> the character Nitro in Me Machine is played by Liverpoolian actor Stephen, who, sharing the same surname as an on-loan Wolves winger in the nineties. Got it. Thank God for being on Wikipedia early today. Nineties <laughs> Wolves Loney. Yeah. He's in um Fifty First State as well. Have you watched yeah, 50, yeah. 50, I really like Fifty First. With Sam one. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good film. Another one. And he's shitting himself everywhere. <laughs> So, a bit Sam Jackson have you seen the trailer for the new um, Saw film I haven't uh... it, it does look it? Good. Yeah. yeah it's called Spiral okay he's um, prime Sam Jackson mm-hmm. Even he says it in the trailer yeah yeah it, yeah. he drops a, an MFA in the trailer <laughs> <laughs> it does look really good and it's um, Chris Rock who obviously is in The Longest Yard as well yeah yeah he's um, producing it and starring in it okay so yeah it looks quite interesting that does he looks like he's had some work done as well yes he does and then he's, he, he looks it looks like his face has been stretched really well I think he's had a tough time post divorce so oh, maybe yeah. he's just treating himself <laughs> <laughs> have we got answers yeah yeah I'll, I'll go with Slater Jew okay and Gully Walters and that's the correct answer Walters it's Mark Walters Mark I, I think Walters. Walters. from Liverpool winger. yes left winger I remember him scoring a um, a curler against Southend when yeah. we beat him 5-0 in a Midweek game. I didn't see him play for Wolves, but I remember. Him, do you remember the uh, Masters on yeah, Sky Sports? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he'd play for like Rangers in Liverpool, and he would be the best player. Yeah, of all, like, <laughs> <laughs> like no matter who they had, in, had on their team, they could have had, like Jamie Redknapp or someone, and he'd just rerunning the show. Mark Walters all over the place. Uh, we've also got a virgin bonus point here. If you can tell me what year WCW Monday Night Nitro was first aired on virgin TV. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what what year did Nitro debut? If we know, obviously I knew it immediately because I'm that much of a geek. <laughs> Are we talking our lifetimes? Yeah, 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 yeah. very much so. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I also think when the when the merge problem. Well, WWE bought WCW in two thousand and one. Yeah, if I remember correctly. So it was before then. It's total stab in the dark. Yeah. Stu, have you got one? Yeah. Okay, what have you got? I'm ninety-seven. Gully. Ninety-seven as well. <laughs> it's ninety-five. Oh, okay. You that were close. Is. You were close. So Gully, you've won this week. Well done. I don't know if I wanted to. With that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have got a tiebreaker. If you want to do the tiebreaker, why not? In February 1998, Wolves knocked Vinnie Jones and Wimbledon out of the fifth round of the FA Cup at Molyneux. What was the attendance that night? Oh, man. Of all the questions. I know, yeah. Closest obviously wins. Was it like 4-2 or something like that? I can't remember. I vaguely didn't um, Mixu Patalainen score in the first one, which brought them back to the Molyneux. All the time. Like in, mm. He only scored his goals in cup competition, yeah. I think, that season. Um Oh, I'm just, I'll put something down. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they would have been a Premier League team at that point as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, they were a mainstay of the Premier League, weren't they? From what I remember, up until about yeah, Late until 90s, they died. Yeah, they never got relegated. Did they, they did. They did. They came down to the Championship. I always they? remember this because on Football Manager you could raid them of all their good players. <laughs> um, Dean Holdsworth. In, in, no, uh, Nigel Rio Coca. <laughs> oh Christ! I forgot he was there. Yeah, Joby McEnough. Yeah, Robbie Earl. Who used to like um Oyvind Leonhardson. He was always a good player to sign on chat manager. Yeah. Mm. Um yeah, he would have gone to Liverpool and then Spurs after yeah. them, wouldn't he? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because when they they're in the championship because when um I'm sure Matt Murray made his debut against Wimbledon at Celeste. Mm. And Ingi Martin as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well over the engine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our answers. Yeah. Okay, Gully, what have you got? 20,483. And Stu? 9,312. Oof. Gully's won it by a landslide. Like You're still 5,000 out. But okay. You're a lot closer than Stu. The answer is actually 25,112. <laughs> we filled up a replay like that. Yeah. Shit. I think they would have been, they would have been a Premier League team. So yeah. we, we always used to turn up for cup games back in the day. What we do now? And Wimbledon. Last I'm sure Wimbledon had car court then as well. They, they probably would have done, wouldn't yeah. they? Late 90s, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well done, Gully. Right, so Stu's cursed run <laughs> continues. <laughs> continues. Jeez, it's ever, ever since the uh, the Sally departed, young Jake beat me man home. Yeah, <laughs> you don't recover from those losses, yeah. though, do you? Yeah. It was such a devastating blow that it's it, like, double relegation to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I think we're going to call it a day there, then, lads. Um, as ever, when we say goodbye. We do it through the medium of film again. So, can you tell me a film or a few films maybe that you're looking forward to this coming year? Stu? Uh, I was going to say 1917, but I've seen it yesterday. Um, it's a good film, it's still out, so yeah. yeah you could, it's yeah. worth a watch if, uh, if, you, if you like a war film, yeah. Well, it's if you like experimental film as well. How it's shot, which I didn't even know about. Mm. Um, obviously, Bond in April. Okay. Since there's no Transformers film this year. Um, <laughs> Transformers has been mentioned every single one of these. I know. This is the first time I'm not going to be able to talk about Shaun of the Dead as well. Yeah. <laughs> Gully, anything you're looking forward to I've this year, mate? I've not particularly looked out for anything, so I'm open to recommendations, I guess. Um, uh, okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I saw you. an advert for the new Harley Quinn film. 
That's, oh yeah. yeah, that's just released last but week. Having watched Suicide Squad, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. To be brutally honest, I think it should be better. Yeah, it can't be any worse. I haven't heard yeah. any issues about the studio interfering this time, which there was rampant rumours that the last time was going on. So fingers crossed, this should be better. But yeah, um, for me, obviously, Quiet Place Two. Have you seen oh. a Quiet Place? Yeah. A Quiet Place, very, very good film. One of the the most tense movies I've ever sat through. It's, it's, Brilliant! It's on one of them as well, and it's got to be. It's got to be on Netflix or on. I would have Prime. thought so. Yeah, yeah. I'd recommend that the first one, and then the second one's out okay. later this year. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, I have seen the advert for that actually. Uh, though, that yeah. that does look fun. Yeah. Tenet. I don't know if it's Tenet or Tenet, yeah, Tenet. or the new um, Christopher Nolan film. Well, they'll always be good, won't they? Yeah, in theory. And it's got um, Denzel Washington's kid in it, whose name I always forget. David something Washington. You know the dude who's in Ballers? Yeah. Uh, the, um, is it Ronnie or... That's quite a normal name Jay? compared to... He's got, a, he's got two first names. I just like... I can't... Some, it's David something, I think. But I really like him as an actor. He was also in Black Klansman as well. Oh, that's... It's that's, a, that's superb a superb film, film. that is. I, I do like um, a bit of Spike Lee, though, to be fair. Uh, and obviously, Fast Nine when that is out. <laughs> the trailer dropped last week, and it just looked amazing. They will be making those beyond our <laughs> beyond our graves. I think. Apparently, they're only going to make one more Fast. Not so they'll do Fast Ten. Whether or not they carry on with the Rock and the Stath oh. doing their thing as well, I, I don't know. Right. But obviously, because there's no Rock, they've had to wheeling John Cena for oh, okay. uh, for Fast Nine, and he's playing a bad guy. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. So yeah, that, that's it from us this week. So, Stu, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Good night. Mean machine. <laughs> <laughs> mean machine. Mean machine. <laughs> and that's a goodbye from me as well. See you later.